Part One, Chapter One, from Israel's Faith: A Series of Lessons for the Jewish Youth, by Nathan Solomon Joseph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The existence of a God. Everything in the world must have had a maker. You cannot imagine it possible that anything however simple made itself if i showed you a piece of stone and told you that the stone made itself you would laugh and tell me that you could not believe such nonsense and you would be quite right you would tell me that the stone had no power to move or to think or to do anything much less to make itself and if i showed you a plant with some pretty flowers growing on it and i told you that the plant made itself you would laugh still more and would say that you knew better you would tell me perhaps that the plant had grown from a little seed and that the little seed had come from another plant just like the plant i was showing you and that the first seed that ever became a plant could never have been clever enough to make itself in such a wonderful way that the seed should bring forth a plant and the plant a flower and the flower a seed and the new seed a plant again and so on year after year till now and if i showed you an animal say a bird and told you that the bird made itself you would laugh at me again you would say that the first bird could never have been clever enough to make itself in such a wonderful way and that if the bird had made itself it would have been clever enough to keep itself alive forever which we know no animal can do and of course you would be right but suppose someone told you that all the world as you see it came by chance that the mountains and valleys the beautiful trees and the sweet-smelling flowers the beasts of the field and men and women and you too all came by chance you would think this idea still more laughable you would say that chance never did anything in quite so orderly a fashion you would call to mind that when you upset your box of toys by accident or by chance the toys tumbled out in the greatest disorder and you would have been very much astonished if it had been otherwise for the things you see in the world are very regular and very orderly you never see trees growing upside down or the sunshine in the middle of the night or anything heavy refuse to fall to the ground all which might happen if things were arranged by chance all the things we see around us on this beautiful earth seem to be arranged for one design or purpose for the good of every living being and above all of man and we know very well that if there is a design or purpose in anything that thing cannot be said to be the work of chance but must have had someone to design it i dare say you have at some time or other seen a steam engine and have thought it a very wonderful thing even if you look at it from a distance as it almost flies along the iron rails dragging after it cars piled with goods or full of people it seems a living wonder but if you walk up close to it while it is standing still you will think it yet more wonderful for you will see that it is made up of an enormous number of parts some very strong and some very delicate and if you ask how many pieces there are in it you will be told that there are nearly four thousand and that each of these four thousand pieces is necessary to make the great giant move and then you will think to yourself how clever the men must be who could make such a wonderful machine and if any one were to tell you that the steam engine came together by chance or that it was not made by an intelligent or clever maker 
you would tell him he was a stupid fellow to talk such nonsense you would say i see here four thousand pieces of metal of different shapes and kinds some large and some small fitting into one another exactly they could not possibly have come together by chance there is design or intention in their being so put together as to enable the machine to move consequently there must have been somebody to design and plan it and that person whoever he was we call the maker of the engine without whom the engine would never have been made this would be a very sensible answer but now i am going to talk of engines much more wonderful than the steam engine perhaps you may look at them with less wonder because they make less noise but if you observe them attentively you will see in them even more to admire the more you look the more there is to be seen and though unlike the steam engine you will not find the maker's name written in letters of brass upon them you will not be slow to find out who was the maker the sun the moon the stars and the earth on which we live are even more wonderful engines and i call them engines because they are known to move to be always moving not like the steam engine by fits and starts when water is poured in and heat applied but ever moving ever working never stopping to take rest never even slackening speed for an instant then too there are engines on the earth itself which we may examine more closely than we can the sun moon and stars they are the animals that live on this earth yes these too are engines and many of them have more parts than the steam engine itself and these parts are much less likely to get out of water and they and they need fuel or food less frequently and they are capable of repairing themselves over and over again when they wear out or get damaged till they get so old that there is hardly anything left worth repairing let us take one of these living engines as an example one of which you are better acquainted than any other namely yourself you will remember that the steam engine is a running machine it moves and drags a train after it but it can do nothing else you however are something more you are a reading and writing machine a tasting and smelling machine a seeing and feeling machine a hearing and talking machine but the greatest wonder of all is that this machinery of yours is under the control or management of something within you which you cannot see and which is called the will and that this will is guided by another unseen something within you which we call reason but as we can see neither the will nor the reason we will let them alone for the present and talk about the machinery only look at your hand how wisely it is fitted for its purpose it can carry a heavy load of books and it can thread the finest needle with the finest thread it can hurl a baseball a very long way and it can make the thinnest upstroke with the finest pen it can throw it can carry it can pull it can push it can lift it can crush it can bind it can loosen look at that great stout workman he has just been lifting a hundred weight of grain with his brawny hands look at him now he is using the same hand to take out a little particle of dust that has blown into his fellow workman's eye i called you just now an engine i think i must have been wrong why your hand alone is a hundred engines all put together but it can do a hundred different things and many quite opposite things just look at your hand and ask yourself if you think it became a part of your body by chance or without design or intention of course you will reply that it 
was designed for the express purpose of doing all the things which we see it doing just as the steam engine was designed for the express purpose of moving and dragging therefore we cannot help saying at least the same of the hand as we said of the steam engine that the hand must have had a very clever maker and i think you would feel inclined to add that as the hand is so much more wonderful than the steam engine and as no man however clever can make a true imitation of a hand with all its powers and movements the maker of the hand must be far more clever than he who invented or made the steam engine now the hand is only one part of you there are hundreds of other parts of the body quite as wonderful and the more you look into these matters the more you will see to admire and the more certain you will become that the maker of all these wonderful contrivances of your body must be a being of mighty skill but there are other animals which so far as their bodies are concerned are quite as wonderful there is the elephant for example he has a trunk which can tear up a huge tree and can also pick up a pin there is the camel too with an extra stomach capable of holding enough spare water to enable him to travel a long distance in the desert without drinking there is not an animal that can be named whose body is not truly wonderful in every point of its structure and then if we look more closely into the peculiarities and habits of each animal we shall find how beautifully the body of each is suited to the climate in which it is to live how some are clothed with fur others with wool others with bristles according to the heat or cold to which each is likely to be subject then also we see how wonderfully it is provided for that life should be preserved as long as possible for example we know that all animals are liable to accidental injuries and that they would soon die if those injuries were not repaired but we see that the animal has in itself the materials for its own cure if part of a steam engine be broken or damaged engineers must come with tools to mend it the engine cannot mend itself but animals are machines that can and do mend themselves if the skin be broken in the living animal or the flesh torn there is a substance produced by the wound itself which heals it even if the bone of a living animal be broken the broken edges give forth a liquid which soon hardens into solid bone making the broken parts if placed together stick to one another and form one sound bone again wherever we look we find something to admire something to wonder about i do not mean to say that we can always tell the design or object or use of everything when we see it but that is caused by our ignorance at one time people were much puzzled to know what could be the use of certain poisonous plants but now they have found out that these plants which destroy life may if used in a particular way and in very small quantities serve as medicines to cure disease and so preserve life and thus it may be with other poisons and many other things whose object we cannot at present understand perhaps when the world becomes wiser we shall know all about them too and after all those things which puzzle us are not the greatest or the most important points in the universe the things we see every day are the greatest wonders sunrise and sunset rain and snow wind and hail the change of the seasons the growth of plants and animals lifeless seeds become living flowers lifeless eggs become living birds 
life everywhere in the sea and the fields and the rivers and the forests and the air living things made to last till their place is taken by other living things like themselves and every one of these living things full of machinery which seems perfection these are wonders indeed if the steam engine must have had such a very clever maker what shall we say of the world do you know that when i ask myself that question i i begin to have quite a poor opinion of the steam engine for i never knew a steam engine to lay eggs and bring forth a brood of little steam engines like yonder fine old hen with her large family of chickens nor did i ever know a steam engine that was capable of doing anything else than move nor did i ever know a steam engine that was out of order get itself in order again without being doctored by an engineer and still the steam engine is a very wonderful thing and must have had a very clever maker well what shall we say of the world i am sure you will come to the conclusion that the world and its contents must have had a maker possessed of an intelligence power and cleverness to which the intelligence power and cleverness of the engine maker cannot bear the least comparison this great and wonderful maker of the world and its contents we call god what i have tried to prove to you is the existence of a god who designed and created the world End of Part 1, Chapter 1